Some of you would sleep better if I didn't have a microphone. And it's, uh, the batteries are dead on this one anyway. So I'm going to stand here and um, be a real preacher, you know, I'll grab it. Um, I may do a hand of condemnation every once in a while. If you don't know what that is, we learned that in preaching school. You point at the church like this, uh, no fingers are pointing back at you. It's full condemnation. All five. Um, we are beginning a series on uh, Ephesians this morning. And one of the things that I love about Ephesians is it was written to what we think is a bunch of different churches. Um, the, first, the first line is Ephesians chapter 1 1. You know, all of them start in chapter 1 1. But they, the first line is talks about to the people of Ephesus, but um, the earlier manuscripts don't have a uh, like a church it's supposed to be sent to. So a lot of people think that it was supposed to be sent to the Ephesians, and then it was like a chain letter. You know, like the kinds people send you on Facebook? Um, hey, you got hacked. Forward this, and that'll fix it. All right, public service announcement. You didn't get hacked. I don't know what's happening, but don't forward me stuff on Facebook. Or your friends, if you would like to keep them that way. Um, no, but like, pass it around. This is something you're supposed to see. And maybe it's something like you, you share with your friends. There's, I mean, the, they used to do chain letters. Remember that? You'd get stuff in the mail. It would be like, if you love Jesus, send this to four other people. Oh, man. I do love Jesus. But those bumper stickers that say honk if you love Jesus. I drew, The first car I had was a Ford Bronco and it had a horn that sounded like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't get mad at anybody. You'd be like, you need to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but the... They used, to, they, they used to send these around and say, um, do this if you love Jesus. Now it's on Facebook. Do this if you love Jesus. And that's not how you love Jesus. I was at a, at a church camp one time and a young man was um, doing this song. There's a song called, If You Love Jesus. You say, if you love Jesus. And the, the group goes, if you love Jesus. You say, clap your hands. And they say, clap your hands. And it's na 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 It's like that. Because, you know, that's how... Jesus predominantly receives love is through percussive hands. And then to stomp your feet and turn around and nod your head and do all seven. And he wouldn't stop the song. I mean, he was he did the Macarena. He did uh, he did several different things, dances I didn't even know. Like, um, and then he got stuck. Like he started. He said, "If you love Jesus." And they said, if you love Jesus, and then he said, ah, he couldn't think of something else to do. So I yelled, feed the poor! <laughs> From the back. And uh, we spent the next two hours handing out soup, going, no, 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 no. That last part's not true, but the first part is, but the problem is, 
say, do this simple thing and you will love. If you love Jesus, you'll just do this simple thing. If you love Jesus, it'll just be a thing that you get to do. And you like, let's just honk or we'll forward a thing or we'll say a prayer at a football game. And there all of a sudden I have I have love for Jesus done Christianity over with. And that's not the way Ephesians paints it. That's not the way Jesus paints it. And Paul, at the very beginning of Ephesians, is going to speak about how the um, how much it matters that the people of God represent God and represent what God has done. And all throughout Ephesians, he's going to give us what it looks like to love Jesus. Not just in chapters 4, 5, and 6, but in 1, 2, and 3, he's going to say, this is how Jesus functions for you and how you should function for Jesus. This is the benefit of God. So let's begin. You're going to have to progress this for me. None of my technology works this morning. So we begin in Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll go through verse 10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he begins. That's, a, that's just a common reading. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Next slide. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us. Now next week, hold up real quick. Next week, we're going to get to a verse that says, but you. So right now he's using a lot of us words. And what he's talking about is he's talking about his people. The, the, the people of Israel were blessed in this way. And he's going to get to next week, we're going to hear him say, but you guys, or he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Has anybody eaten Nutella? That's something that you lavish. That's something that you just spread on. Like you, 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 by the end, you're just putting Nutella on top of Nutella. This, when he says... The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. When he says that he lavished grace on us, it means we are broken and we need his grace. And it's never just, just barely sufficient. God's grace is always lavished. It's always abundant. It's always more than we even need. Sometimes it feels like we, we act like God is, is forgiving us, but barely. You, you have forgiveness, but 
you know, don't go any further. Who knows? Don't sin again. But your the forgiveness we find in Jesus is lavished. I am lavished in grace. He says, with all, let's keep moving, with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the surprise or the mystery. The Greek word here is actually musterion, which is like what you would yell if I said it with a very Italian accent for some reason. Musterion, you know, um, that's French. But, <laughs> killing it. But it's, it's like what you would yell at a surprise birthday party. Musterion, yay! It's, it's like one of those things like, what in the world is this? The mystery or the surprising part of his will according to his pleasure. He made known to us what was going to happen and it was a surprise. Which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times reached their fulfillment. To bring, here's the mystery. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. God wanted together the Jews and the, the, the Gentiles, and as we'll see next week, the we's and the you's, as Paul's talking to these Gentile Christians. He wanted to gather all together. And to do that, you need grace. To bring a group together, you need grace. To bring a group together, you need forgiveness and love. And it doesn't just need to come from the top, but it needs to permeate the whole community. That when you are different from I, from me, which you are different from me. Some of you would say, no, you're different from me. Like, I know, like, we're, we're all different. We have different upbringings, different thought processes, different ways to look at the world. And he's bringing all that all together. In unity. That's his purpose. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed. This was his purpose in Christ. And it's to be put in effect when the time reaches their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. This is one of those things in scriptures that scholars call it has already happened, but it has not yet happened. And already, but not yet. It's happened a little. But it's not fully complete. And you completely understand that. I mean, you, you know, um, have you ever what, seen like a two-year-old walking? They're awful at it. They're just not good yet. And they need to get better. And they will. Like, you can't... You can't, as a fully grown adult, still hold your hand in the air when you're walking, which all two-year-olds do, just, you know, fight the man, they're ready for some reason, they all got their hand up. This is how I balance as a two-year-old. You can't do that as a grown-up. You have to mature and get there. You're already walking, but you're not yet walking fully. You're already there, but you're not there fully. And all of that's going to be put in effect. And we're going to find unity in all things 
in heaven and on earth, and it's going to be under Christ. See, what God is hoping for is for His people to be from every nation, every tribe, every language, for His people to be unified in His name. That's the ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal needs forgiveness of sins. It needs the grace of God. It needs all the things that God gives us. It is so that we can be church. So that we can be a community that follows Him. A community that's unified. Notice I do not say a community that's uniform. Because uniform and unify are diametrically opposed. If everyone dresses the same and thinks the same and has the same opinions about that particular verse or this particular verse, we see things differently. We think certain things are important and certain things, you know, like it doesn't really matter. And your, your things that don't matter, you know what? They really matter to somebody else. Unity doesn't seek to solve that. Uniformity does. Uniformity says, listen, we all need to be the same. And typically it's the person who says, well, who are we going to be the same as? Typically the person claiming that we all need to be the same. Uh, it's, several preachers have pointed this out before, but it's always funny when someone says, we don't sing the right songs. Typically means we don't sing songs I like. It just means I don't like those songs and I wish the world would conform to me. <laughs> you were not fast enough, Jade. <laughs> it's okay to run out of here in search of a bottle. We'll, we'll, we'll let that happen. But some of you get to drink milk during church and others don't. We're different. And so... Unity is when I say that's different, I might not like it. But God can use it, God can bless it. God can God God can save all of us and bring us together. And so when people talk about, well, I I don't really need to go to church to be a Christian. To me, now first off, yes, you actually, going to church will not make you Christian. No, that's right. But to me, you've got the equation wrong there. The, the real thing is, is being a Christian makes me a church. Being redeemed and saved by great, the grace of God pushes me to or draws me into a community of people who are trying to accomplish God's will together. Unified as a people. I think we've got it a little backwards. Because going to church doesn't make you a Christian, but being a Christian will make you a church. And this, this idea that like, well, 
I could just do this on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I've, um, I take the word, I take the teachings of Jesus seriously. No, Jesus does not care how his message applies to your life. Jesus wants you to apply your life to his message. It's not where I take some good teachings of Jesus and I say, oh, thank you for the grace and thank you for the, the forgiveness. And then I just, how does that work into my life? It's, who am, who am I? Who has God made me to be? And we all know we're, we're, we're just, those of you who have, we have Clara and Macy 15 months apart. Not on purpose. And they're so different. They were raised, we think, by the same parents. And they're so different. And that's fine. That's perfect. That's perfect. We want different. But the message of Jesus pushes you toward community of Christ. He's the message of Ephesians, at least what Paul's saying to the church in Ephesus and to the surrounding churches, is not you get your sins forgiven. It's you got your sins forgiven, and now we're called to unify. We're called to be the we're called to be on the same team now. We're called to participate in the mission of God. And we have to do that together. And we have to do that unified. It can't be where we, we first, let's everybody get together and get the same clothing on first and get the same, we have to have the all, can we all at least look like we're from the same economic class, please? Yes, of course you can come to our church, but you should, you should go buy khakis first. You don't need khakis to be a Christian. Don't need a tie to be a Christian. You, you don't need these sweet purple pants to be a Christian. Which I thought were maroon when I started wearing them and someone was like, no, those are purple. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm the joker. That's what it is. You don't... There's no prerequisite. Because the prerequisite... The prerequisite came from Jesus on the cross. It came from Jesus walking out of the tomb. And now we are called to be in this together. Different. And together. That's, the, that's actually the only way to have unity. Unity has to happen in the context of grace and forgiveness and mercy. Because otherwise... You don't, have to, you don't have to forgive people who are like you. Because you've gotten really good at forgiving you. But people that are different, that, that we need the Spirit of God. Not, not so that we can apply the gospel to our life, but so that we can apply our life to the gospel. And that, that's a new calling maybe for you. 
that you're not supposed to lay your, the gospel over your life and say, well, how, in what ways could this affect me? But you're supposed to ask the question, at least Ephesians seems to think you're supposed to ask the question, in what ways can my life affect the, the mission and the will and the purpose of the gospel of Jesus? It was, um, his name has, Eugene Peterson has said that he doesn't believe that churches have a mission. He thinks God has a mission and God has a church. We need to decide, are we going to be up to the task of the gospel message, which is complicated and, and beautiful and difficult to, difficult to enact, but love, loving your neighbor has always been hard. Loving people who are different than you has always been hard, but right in these first ten verses, he says that he wants to bring unity to all things. That's why in the, in the gospel, in the gospel community, there is no racism. There is no, um, there, there's, there, there's no making fun of people for their, for their economic situation. There is no, like, we, there, there's, there's no places at the table. There's just a king, and we surround the throne. We are, we are unified. We, but that has to happen within the context of grace. It has to happen within the context of forgiveness. And it's not just grace a little. Like I'll show you a, gra a little bit of grace. Remember the disciples? They said, Jesus, how many times should we forgive our brother? And Peter thought, thinking he's giving an excellent answer, was like, seven. Because the typical answer was three. Peter was like, all right, you know, I'll give bonus points for this. Seven. Jesus said, I tell you, not even seven. It's Seventy times seven. What's crazy, though, is we take that verse sometimes and we're like, I don't know what that is. That's 490 times. Who's counting that high? But Jesus is not, it, Jesus isn't giving us a number. He's saying the, the mission of God is forgiveness and grace. And it can only exist in that. It can only exist in forgiveness and grace. So you're going to have to, when you accept the grace of God, which may be something you need to do this morning, when you accept the grace of God and you are united with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, when you walk a new life, it's not a life affected that, that, where, that, where you're just applying the gospel to your life. It's a life that is applied to the gospel. It's a life that has a new journey, a new direction, a new mission. And that mission cannot be accomplished outside the context of a community of faith. It has to be, context, it has to be accomplished with, with the people of God. It has to be accomplished within the context of relationships. Relationships where the people are weird. Relationships where the people just aren't. Like, you know, there's, you know, you're staying too close when you talk to me, or you're like, well, there's all sorts. We're all different in all sorts of ways. We were raised by weird people, and now we're going to be able to, we're going to be weird people ourselves. 
But the grace we find in the kingdom of God can be a beacon of light to the world where it is divided, where it is a world where we they, it, being a partisan, and not just in politics, but being a partisan in all areas of life. You, th- you think it's just, you think partisanship where you're, just, where you're just divided and you take your sides and you go to one wall and the other. You think that's just in politics until you bring up which barbecue you like. And someone's like, no, if you, no, you can't eat there. You can't eat at Big Jake's. Have you been to Naaman's? Their beans are fantastic. And they come at you with like a, for, like, like they're hosting a, 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 a new show. Like, no, no, you can't, you can't like that, you gotta like this. Can I like all the barbecue, please? Just put all the barbecue in my mouth, I'll be happy. Just put all of this, I, I, I don't care. If it's meat and beans, I'm good. But we take stands and we take sides, and the world needs their desiring community that's unified. And they're trying to fill that void with a community that's uniform. And it's just making us angry at the people that aren't like us. What Jesus does is he creates a community of people who are different and forgiven and saved. And grace has been lavished so that they can apply their life to the gospel of Jesus. If you want to start or if you need a kickstart once again, this morning's your morning. You want to get baptized, you need prayer, you need to give your life back to Jesus. If you need, if, if you just need someone to talk to. You can't surprise us. The world is broken. Your brokenness won't be shocking. But give your life to Jesus. His grace is astonishing. Let's stand and sing it.